Well, folks, you're listening to the Biscuits and Gravy Show. I'm Jason Kurtman. On the other end of the line with me is my friend, Jim, the award-winning monkey grinder of Gotham City. Nelson, Jim, how are you? T- <laughs> how, how did I know you were going to do that? I don't know. I must not have known too much because I would have brought your mic down. How's your day been, Jim? <laughs> Pretty good. <clears throat> good. I had a good day today. Yeah? Uh, went to church with, uh, well, I went to church and uh, invited some friends and my youngest was baptized today. That's awesome. And we are, we, we handed our paperwork in to submit our request for membership at, at our church, which I have no doubt but that it's going to be. That's all going to be good, and um, it's mm-hmm. good stuff. I yeah. came back to the house. Of course, I celebrated my... I was... Yeah, I know where you're going with this. 50th. Dun, the dun, big five. Oh, Jim yes. is 50. Congratulations and happy birthday on reaching the earmark of half a century. <laughs> yeah. When I was about seven or eight years old, there was a man in our church who turned 50. And um, I was at that age where centuries, the concept of a century just fascinated me. And I said, you're a half a century old. And I think I ruined his birthday. <laughs> so <laughs> I had, he's like, I had a coworker come by and, and tell me, so you're going to be, what, 25? And I said, oh, you're my favorite and my new favorite person. Right. Yep. So so um, you sent me some pictures of your cake. What kind of cake did you have? It was a chocolate cake with with a, with a white frosting on it and... Because yeah. uh, the fire department had had outlawed yeah, that many right. candles on the cake, we got the little five and the little zero, so I only had gotcha. to blow up two candles. Yeah, no. Well, happy Especially birthday, Especially at Jim. my age, you know, you can't <sighs> right <laughs> that many candles, so you just <laughs> right. Yes, you stick yeah. with the two. Yes, and you're and you're not even a smoker, so <laughs> no, <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, so um, I got to tell you. Speaking of uh, cake, uh, I was FaceTiming with my brother last night, and and uh, his little nephew, uh, I'm sorry, his little son and daughter. So his son Oliver, he's he's fascinating. He's not he's he's just three years old, and I asked him what his favorite food was, and I knew I loved this kid when he said chocolate cake. I was just, yeah, I was like yeah, that's you know what when I go to the restaurant and the waitress asks me what I want on my salad, I tell her a chocolate cake. <laughs> so, but as you know, I really Dad can't. Is great. Yes, he gives us chocolate cake. Yes, I always tell people I'm I'm here for the cake. Uh, but anyway, as you know, I really can't eat that much cake anymore because uh, right me either. Yes, it has affected my limbs severely. Um, yes severely it it has severely severed part of my limbs so anyway so oh happy birthday to you jim did your kids have fun celebrating your birthday with you they did and they're awesome they helped me because because we were having some guests over for a couple of things uh they helped me clean the house were just incredibly helpful and just love them to bits that's awesome such as some pictures of yeah me and the kids out in the front lawn this morning they look like they were dressed up for easter I know, right? Yeah, but it was just your birthday, so. Well, that that was actually for because we're joining the church this Sunday. Right, right. I kind of so. got to the spray starch and ironed everything out. You actually bit. used spray starch. Spray I'm impressed. Starch. Yes. Wow. The ozone, the ozone be gone. I need to look good. You know how I starch my clothes? <laughs> I, yeah, I just use the dryer. That's how I iron my clothes. No, so, not really. Most I'm of the kidding. time, that's that's no, that's no. All kidding aside, that's the way I I usually right. iron my clothes. Well, is 
you know, if, if for casual clothes like Hawaiian shirts and stuff like I usually wear in t-shirts, you don't need to iron those things. No. Now, if you're getting dressed up for church and you got a shirt, um, nowadays you can buy an iron-free dress shirt. But if you don't have one of those things, you definitely want to make sure that you've got an iron at least around the collar in the front, where whatever parts are exposed by this <laughs> by the sport coat. Another Midwestern Baptist College hack, right? Right. <laughs> so don't need to iron the whole thing, just the front. So just the parts that are showing. Yep. Yep. So and the collar. I'll tell you and, what, though, yep. a little bit of spray starch in that iron and and some old. I mean, they're they were dress shirts, but right. Uh, I was a little bit surprised at how well it dressed the it it. it it actually dressed up those items. It's like, hey, I don't look half okay. Well, I still look lousy, but you know the clothes look great. <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, at fifty years old, you, there's there's nothing that's going to make you look great. That's kind of depressing, Jim. <laughs> I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm already there. I'm just one year away from that. Sarah and I were talking about that the other day, and I was like, good grief! I got my birthday's coming up in September. I'll be forty nine. I was like, I can't believe I'm going to be. A half a century old in one more year. She's like, I don't care. Well, I, I don't care either. It's just an observation. It's not a mark of depression or anxiety or anything. It's just an observation. Um, but you know, we, we, we've talked about this before. Life is extremely short. I remember when I was in elementary and even high school thinking, man, when the, when the year 2000 hits, I'm going to be 30 years old. I can't right. even imagine being 30. And now that's almost 20 years in the past behind me. Right. So, uh, but the Bible tells us life is short. It's but a vapor. And that's true. So, and here's the thing. Sometimes we look at ourselves like me. I'm, I'm 49 years old. Am I where I want to be? Have you asked yourself that question? I, oh, oh yes. Now I don't necessarily mean your marital status and your family's status, but are you where you want to be financially? Are you where you want to be? Here's the big one. And the answer to this better be no, because there's always room for improvement spiritually. Right. I I once was leader of a youth group, and I had a person in my youth group come up to me, and she says, you know, I don't like you teaching on some of the things you've been teaching, because my heart is right with God, and there's no room for improvement in my life. <laughs> yes. And what's the Bible say about pride? Oh, go before a fall. Yep. Uh, one year later, she was pregnant and unmarried. I, why did I? I don't even know who you're talking about. Right. And I'm going, oh, no, I see this come. I, I know what's coming. But, you know, I didn't care. You, you show love to young people. Um, that's why we have youth ministries because. Right. It, and I learned a long time ago, too. Here, here's something, too. When you get out of a, a college like Midwestern Baptist College and you're put into a church as a youth minister, you know everything. You really do. Now, in your own whether mind, whether you do or not, <laughs> whether you do or not, you think you know everything and you've been taught the standards. And here's the thing. The expectation, your expectation is everybody in Baptist churches has the same standards. I got news for you. They don't. They don't. They cut a lot of people come from broken homes. Uh, they come from various backgrounds. They come from different church backgrounds. Of course, there's independent Baptist churches. There's Southern Baptist churches. There's BMA. Ba there's different kinds of Baptist churches. And I'm just using the Baptist uh, denomination because, as you said last week, we can do that because we are Baptist. We we pick right. On, we can so. we can pick our we can pick on our own That's without right. anybody saying, "Hey, you're just being hateful." No, we, no, no. Yep, we <laughs> we'll we pick can, on our own first. Yep, we can criticize our own casserole. So that's that, right. Yeah. So <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, we can criticize our own casserole. But I learned real quick 
that a lot of the young people, I expected them to have the same line of thinking I did. And I thought, well, I'll get in there and we'll have fun. I won't have to teach anything or show anything. And I got in there and I realized a lot of these kids had no clue where I was coming from. And instead of explaining where I was coming from, I set expectations and rules with no expectations expectations or with with no explanations and you know what that does when you give somebody rules and guidelines and you don't tell them why or where it's coming from you're setting yourself up to be viewed as a tyrant in their eyes and immediately you lose just about all chance of a good loving relationship with that person even under the best of circumstances i i was youth pastor of a church a lot of years ago and we got to a point where i i we had to have some rules. Right. And I, uh, and some of them were more, I'm going to make a deal with you. I'm going to keep this to a minimum, but I need your level of cooperation with this other thing. And if you do this and I can keep this sure. to a minimum. And I would try to do that. Well, at one point, one of the kids said, uh, uh, well, you know, why do we got to have rules? You know, you know, we all, we all kind of know what we're supposed to do and stuff. And I go, well, here, I'll put it to you this way. If, if, if I said, let's do away with all the rules, mm-hmm. every single rule, um, what do you honestly think about it? What do you think is going to happen? And the kid sat there for a minute and goes, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And I go, okay. I didn't even have to say anything. Right. I said, so y- you do get it. You've got to set some kind of expectations for standards. I do like, some of the thoughts, and there's a balance to all of this. Uh, one of the things that, that my pastor shared today, he actually talked about standards. And he said that when it comes to standards, um, standards are really when you place rules and restrictions and boundaries upon yourself. Right. Because you know what your weaknesses are. Yeah. Now, if, if you and I sit here and we have an argument about standards, you know, maybe I'm doing something that offends you. You come to me and, and you're saying, well, Jim, you know, you've crossed this boundary. And I think that if you were really serious about your spirituality, cause I do this because, well, I'm so spiritual. Really, anytime you set standards, it's you're setting boundaries because you know your weakness. So the minute that you try to impose right. your standards on me, what you're really doing is telling me about your weaknesses. You're confessing what your weaknesses are. Yep. And, um, it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit like this. This is what I told Aiden as we were going up to the baptismal. Um, and I'm always trying to think in my head when I'm, when I'm around my kids, they are perceiving events differently than what I would now. Mm-hmm. So let me try to get behind their eyes. Let me try to see the circumstance from where they might. And so as a last little, because Aiden seemed like he was kind of, he was a little bit keyed up and a little bit nervous about things. And I, I'm trying to get behind his eyes and see what this, sure. try, try to anticipate where he's coming from. And um, he was just, I think, nervous about being in front of people. But I did at <laughs> least share this with him. Uh, I told him, now, son, you know that getting baptized doesn't save you. And he's like, yep, I'm all over that. I says, when you get up and you're telling people that you, that you, are identifying with Christ and that you mean to follow him, you're not obligated to perfection. Right. What you are obligated to is sincerity. Yep. And if, if sincerity is your hallmark, 
you're going to get a lot further down the road than anybody else, especially those people that want to impose their standards upon you. Yep. You, you have to m- manage yourself before adjusting a holy God. And if sincerity is your hallmark, uh, as you study the word and by the Holy Spirit of God, you are into, uh, letting the Holy Spirit, uh, apply his word to your heart and life. You know what? Sincerity, you're going to see changes there that you won't necessarily see in the next person. Sure. Even the person that has, quote unquote, all the right standards. Well, you know, speaking of rules and standards, there's something you got to remember too, is that no matter where we are in life and what aspect, we're going to have rules, standards, and expectations. No, yes. no matter who. And that's something, sometimes we have to teach our teenage children that they get their first job. Well, they don't like it. Their boss made them do this. Their boss made them do that. Their boss talks to them this way. And you have to be like, yeah. And why do you think your next job will be any different? Mm-hmm. Now, here's something, too. When it comes to spiritual stuff, if you tell me or anybody else tells me this is the standard and gives me the expectation to go by that guideline, if you want my full cooperation with a with a cheerful and submissive heart, you better tell me why. Tell me right. what the purpose and the end goal is. Now, but that's different with God. There's a, there's a lot of things. Sarah and I are reading through the Bible this year, and there's a lot of things in the Old Testament when God said, and you'll do this, and you'll do this. You know, especially when the, the uh, children were going through the wilderness, and God was giving them directions on how to set up the temple and how to complete different kinds of sacrifices. You'll do this, you'll do this, you'll sprinkle this blood here, and then you'll do this, and you'll... And you, honestly, I don't have a clue why... Those instructions are so complicated and laid out for each different kind of sacrifice and all that. But you know what? It doesn't matter. First of all, we're under grace, so that doesn't apply to us today. But even if, even if we were live, you and I were living in the Old Testament times, Jim, it, it wouldn't matter because God is God and what he says goes. The, the explanation is why do we need to do this? Because God said so, which, you know, that, and I hate to, Admit it, but I've given my son that reason. Why do I need to do this? Because I said so. Um, which it's a good, quick, and easy answer when we're talking to our kids. Um, but sometimes I take it a step further, and here's why: because this is something I want you to think about. But when God did it, I don't expect an, expl- an explanation. I I expected that the children of Israel, the Hebrew children, uh, to do exactly what God expected, and that was obedience. Uh, so, you know, I kind of laugh. I think of the story about the guy that said, uh, he said, uh, I'm sick and tired of my mom and dad bossing me around. I, I figured a way out of it. And the guy said, well, oh yeah, what are you going to do? He said, I joined the Marines. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't work well, that one, way. One, th- one thing I, if I can add something to that sure. process is, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. We need to obey God because God is God. But but I also believe that God doesn't do anything without a reason and that it's okay to agree. ask, it, sure. it's okay to ask why, but it's the, it's the person, I think that the person that gets the answer to the reason why is the person that's already in the process of obeying and says, Lord, is it okay if I know the reason why? Sure. There, it's a, there's a huge difference between Asking to learn and asking as a challenge. Well, that goes back to the New Testament when when Christ said, Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I give unto thee. However, that's with the assumption that we ask of things with a heart that's in tune with the Spirit of God, with with His desire and His will. 
I could easily ask for a brand new Cadillac and a million dollars. I could use it, Lord, as a witnessing yes. tool. And I get a free prayer rug with it, too. But um, <laughs> the point is, if you're asking for that, then what you're asking for is selfish. Right. And, and it doesn't edify or glorify the kingdom of God. Now, if I ask for, Lord, our church is on a building project right now, and they need X amount of dollars. And Lord, I'm, I'm gonna give, and I, I'm gonna, I, but I pray that you will put it on other heart, other people's hearts to give too. I pray that that will come, become a reality that our new church will get the building project completed. You're asking of things that are edifying to the kingdom. So those are the kind of things, if you ask things in Jesus' name, and your heart's right with God, because that's, that's the assumption when Jesus said that, then he's gonna give those things. Anyway. So, <clears throat> Jim. I think we'll move along right now. Is that all right with you? All right. That's fine. All right. Taking a sip of my adult beverage. What are you drinking? I heard you say something about your adult beverage tonight. <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> Just some basic coffee with milk. I'm I'm doing unsweetened tea, so with a little bit of stevia. Not bad. So, anyway, I want to tell you, we've got a Facebook group called The Biscuits and Gravy Bunch, and Jim, we've posted some pretty funny pictures there this week. Some good stuff going there. More people... Uh, are, are posting stuff too there and uh, got a picture of my uncle john shooting a fly with one of those salt guns have you ever seen I that i saw that i saw that pic i can't help but wonder if my mother-in-law got that for him because she got seth one too sometime back have you ever used one of those things the well i thought that was a um it's a salt gun it shoots salt Oh, no, 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 no. When I looked at it, I thought that was a, like a, a Nerf gun. Well, it looks like a Nerf gun, but it shoots salt. It, and it, it shoots salt with rapid force. It's like a miniature shotgun. It kills flies <laughs> dead, let me tell you. I like it. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. The first time she got it, I, Seth was at school, and I was like, oh, i got to load this up and try it. And I was impressed. So check out the Biscuits and Gravy Bunch Facebook page. We'd love to have you join. Also, our website, our fantastic website.com, or vintagebiscuits.com. Both will take you to the same place. I got to thank our executive consultant, Rodney Barden. I think he's uh, doing a lot better now. And uh, let's see, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, don't forget to go to iTunes, rate and review if you're listening through iTunes. Also, don't forget to join. What club do we have, Jim? You remember the club? The, the, the rubber chicken club. Yes, our rubber chicken club. Um, but some of you don't have your rubber chickens yet. Uh, if you don't have one, and you can either buy one yourself or you can stick around. We'll be doing some trivia later on. Uh, not, <gasps> yep. And, uh, if you win a trivia prize, if we randomly select you to, after you've won, we'll send you a rubber chicken. So that'll be fantastic. Uh, also coming up June 9th. Is it June? I'm always getting it confused with the June 6th. June 9th, 9th, 9th. Yes, it is June 9th. We'll be going live on the Leading Edge Radio Network and Q Star FM down a down in Clearwater, Florida, with Steve Jarrett. Um, I now, will, are we going to be are we going to be live on the Leading Edge, or was it just Q Star? Both of them. We'll be oh, live on both of them. So yeah, if you that's unbearably cool. It is. It is cool. So uh, I've been this week. Uh, we've been uh, testing the live feeds and links, and they're all working good. So we'll be excited about that. Um, so that's that's what's going on there. We uh, Q Star Florida is pretty cool. If you like to listen to some. Well, so is Leading Edge Radio Network. I'll, t I'll tell you the difference. Leading Edge Radio Network uh, has some oldies music, but they also do a lot of talk shows and preaching. And Q-Star FM is a lot of oldies and just variety shows. Steve Jarrett does a morning show over there. Sometimes it gets hilariously funny. 
but it's good stuff. So uh, check out both of those stations. Uh, you can click on their links at our page at Fantastic Website or FantasticWebsite.com or VintageBiscuits.com. So, Jim, I got to ask you: had the cake for lunch today? What else did you eat today? Pizza. I did too. What kind of pizza did you have? Did you make it or buy it? No, no, those just some basic hot and ready's. Well, I got to tell you what: the hot and ready's from Little Caesars, right? Yep. Yeah, you, you remember when I used to work for Little Caesars? Uh, remember in the dorm, I used to bring home a bucket of pizza every night. Oh, yeah. And I say bucket of pizza because it was like a huge tin that used to hold a bunch of cookies. And I would shove it and pack it down full of pizza and stick it in the refrigerator. <laughs> and by morning, it was all stuck together. And we would dip it out like a casserole almost. Uh, <laughs> it was all stuck. You pull out one piece and two other pieces and a half would come out with it. But we didn't care. We'd stick it in the microwave and eat it. That was breakfast. And Yeah, yeah. That was breakfast. And then uh, our buddy Mike used to work at Burger King. So we were constantly trading pizza and Burger King and all that stuff back and forth. So don't, we had, don't get don't get me in the fuss, butter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so um I got a friend on Facebook that is always posting. He's he's gone vegan. And you know, you know <laughs> I, I got I there, yeah. There's so many things to say about that. Personally, I want to make up some bumper stickers. Yeah? Should I say this on the air? Go ahead. I got a gr- I got a great idea for a bumper sticker. Yeah. Um. And it, it, it kind of goes like this: that um, that that veganism is nature's way of letting you know who's not in charge. I like that. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that is. That, there's a lot to that. I, I Sorry, Foo Foo. Nothing personal. Right. I love you. Foo Foo's the vegan. You're not right. Yeah. If you so, hear any little bumping around in the background, that's yes. that's my that's my fluffy co-host, Foo Foo. You know, but I see he he posts things like vegan chicken pizza. I'm sorry, no, um, <laughs> or vegan. Now I have eaten vegan spaghetti, uh, be, and I I've done that because it's a pasta alternative, not a not um. Well, I guess it wouldn't be vegan because I still have the meat in it, um, but I, I'll like take a, a zucchini or squash and put it in one of those little spiral cutters and fry that. Fry it up, uh-huh. yeah, and it's really, you put a little sauce on it, you can put little chunks of ch- chicken in it, or even uh, meatballs, and it's it's really good, it's a pasta alternative, and I love it, I really do, it's pretty good. So, have you ever done anything like that, squash or zucchini, spiraled up? Uh, no, but when I was a kid, in our family, we would do the um, fried zucchini or fried yeah. squash. I love that stuff. A little bit of flour, a little salt, a little pepper, a little egg wash, and... You'd batter it up and then it'd go in the pan with some oil. Yeah. So the pizza that I had today, I, I got the, I went to Walmart and I just got those little, uh, those pizza crusts already made up. Takes 10 minutes to cook. And, uh, Sarah wanted her pizza pepperoni. So I layered that thing with pepperoni and I had a good amount of cheese on it. Well, after I put the pepperoni on it, that wasn't good enough. She came back and put about just as much cheese on top of that. And it was a lot, it was real cheesy. Let me tell you. And then I made it. I love mushrooms. There's no such thing as too much mushrooms in anything for me. I, I'm serious. I I could eat mushrooms like there's no tomorrow. I likes me some mushrooms. Yeah, I like them all sorts of way. Fried, sautéed, baked, grilled, what whatever. I like them. Um, recently, I started cooking um, stuffed mushrooms. The big portobello mushrooms, you know, that have kind of been, stems have been cut out. They're kind of hollowed out. And you fill those with cheese or... Whatever you want to fill, cheese, uh, green pepper, and, uh, even put some, uh, uh, jalapenos in there the other day. So, yeah. speaking of peppers, you know what the no- nosiest pepper is, right? The nosiest no, peppers? 
the jalapeno. It gets jalapeno business. So it gets jalapeno uh, business. Yes. No, sorry, that's a dad joke. We might have to have a dad joke with show one time. That'd be fun. I have a newt. You have a newt. I have a newt, and he is he's is very small. I I call him I call him tiny because he is my newt. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Well, we might have to do a show of dad jokes. So prepare yourselves, <laughs> folks. So that'd be great. So, um, Sarah had a question the other day. I thought this was interesting. I never thought she she watches a show about Witsec. You know what Witsec is, right? The witness, uh, witness protection plan program oh, for okay. criminals. If you had to join Witsec, where would you want to go, and what kind of job would you want to be placed in? You mean like after after you went into hiding? Where would you want to go? Oh goodness. I, I I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind going to Hawaii, but as far as what I want to do, I, I don't know. Yeah. Everything I want to do involves the public. So that would I maybe <laughs> give me a cave with Wi Fi. I'll be good. You know, I'll try to be good. <laughs> so I don't know. That was an interesting question. So did you hear about this guy about a couple of months ago? They got in an argument um, with his friend over what was better, Ford or Chevy, and it escalated into a shooting. No, are yeah, you kidding me? No, that's ridiculous. I, I'm sorry. If you're going to do that, then you deserve, deserve to drive a Ford. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, no. oh, but here's some I news. I guess we know where you fall on that Well, actually, I'm kind of joking. I do like Fords and I do like Chevys. Um, I, of course, I'm a little biased because as a police officer, I obviously drove Fords for years. Most, most of your police cars are Ford packages. So. I guess I could I could say I'm a little biased. Although I will say this, one of my favorite police cars that I ever drove, and you're gonna laugh, was the Chevy Lumina. Um, you know, you remember the Lumina, right? Not for sure. It actually. looked like a little squashed down go kart. Huh. Uh, it, it was a very small car, but it was front wheel drive. Uh, I think they came in four and six cylinders. But I liked mine because it, it was like driving a go kart. It had a little it it was wound up pretty good. Had pretty good torque, and during the winter. It was front-wheel drive, so, I mean, I had no problem cutting through the snow or anything. I liked it. But, uh, anyway, here's some here's some news. I'm going to change gears a, a minute uh, here, Jim. Candace Owens, this last week, uh, maybe the week before, depending on when this is published, got suspended from Facebook after she wrote, Black America must wake up to the great liberal hoax. And saying that uh, white supremacy is not a threat in America. And Facebook gave her a seven-day suspension. I guess it was after a lot of complaints. They they backed off their suspension and said it was an accident. Mm-mm. No. Have, have you watched not her? accepting that. I, I, I've, seen a lo- I've seen a lot of her stuff. Uh, I don't follow her, like, steadily. But, yeah, everything that comes out of that, that, that woman's mouth is, like, from on high. I just, I, I love everything that she has to say. Uh, she's very intelligent. She's very articulate. I remember watching her before on her Facebook videos, before she got involved with Turning Point or any of these other organizations. And I was impressed then. So, but um, she's amazing. Of course, I, I like watching the uh, fellow that she's with, Charlie Kirk. Uh, he does a lot of good stuff too. I, I have noticed that Charlie Kirk sometimes, he, um, he doesn't let her finish. It seems, it appears, she'll get on a thought, and he will just 
kind of cut her off and take over the thought. But she's real graceful about it. She just backs up and starts agreeing with him. So, but they work, they work good together. They really do. But Facebook has, and I've also read this week that they have a, what they call a, a hate list. And that is people who they deem as being hateful, right wing people that they watch, they monitor their post, uh, nonstop. And this was actually revealed by a former Facebook employee. And they, this person said that Candace Owens was on that list. What's a little bit funny to me, and I, 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 I try to be careful about conspiracy theories. Right. Because I, at least I recognize within my, myself that I have a tendency within my personality to kind of go far afield on conspiracies. And so I try to rein that in. And now I haven't, I have not noticed, I, I've put some stuff up that's been pretty uh, right wing direction. And I have not seen from me, I've heard other people say that they've experienced this, but I have not had any issues. Maybe it's because I, I don't have enough friends and followers on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if I haven't offended, offended them by now. I don't know what I'd have to do to, to, to put myself on that list. But right. the flip side is, is I've got a friend of mine, um, that, uh, for the time being, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna mention his name, that he's been put on Facebook jail for 30, for 30 days at a time. Um, and it's been because he's he's commented on uh, on the homosexual agenda, mm-hmm. and so and of course now this needs to be a protected the the homosexual agenda is a protected species, um, and it, it's I, I had something come up on my feed here today that I thought was really cool. It says why is it that when archaeologists find human remains they're either male or female and none of the other seven hundred genders? I saw that too. I thought that was a good point. I thought that was, so. that was brilliant. Oh, let's but, talk about that for a minute here, though. What's that? They, I guess the, more states and more states are passing uh, abortion protection laws. When I say abortion protection, they're protecting the unborn. I love it. I, I love, do, too. Love, love it. Uh, Georgia, Alabama was talking about it. Maybe they have by now. What what kind of I thought was interesting, and I was talking with, with the kids about this last night, was uh, the Democratic governor of Louisiana mm-hmm. was talking about some... some uh, some laws that we would be uh, reasonably happy with. And and I'm just wondering, have, have the Democrats, maybe this is wishful thinking, maybe I'm just naive, but I'm wondering, have the Democrats finally hit a point where they've realized, you know what, we said years and years and years ago that we were never, ever, ever going to no. go here. Yep. And that anybody that ever accused us of this was just out of their mind. And, and, and to the point that some of the stuff that they had to say that, that, that we'd accuse them of, oh, well, there's a slippery slope and pretty much you're just going to be killing babies, you know, after they're born. And, and we felt like we were stupid. Right. For and, even suggesting that. And, and they looked at us like, what do you think we are? Monsters? And now they and are. Yet, and yet here we are. Here we are. And, now, and I'm starting to wonder if the Democrats aren't going, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. We, we have gone too far and. And, and some of the more moderate Democrats, those with, with a heart and a conscience, um, have said, no, we, we got it. We have to do something. We can't, this has gone amok. Right. Maybe, I, maybe that's wishful thinking. Maybe, maybe I'm, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But it, when I see that a Democrat, uh, governor of Louisiana is talking about severe limitations upon abortion, I'm going, 
is revival starting to break out and we missed it somehow? You, you know what? Here's what I think might have been leading into all of this. Now, granted, there's a lot of Republicans out there that are fighting against Trump at every turn. But let's remember who put Trump into office. It wasn't those elected Republicans. It was the people. That's and, right. And how did they do it? What was their primary weapon and resource to put Trump into office? It was prayer. And mm. what's the Bible say about prayer? If my people... If my people. Well, yep. Go ahead and if finish. My people it for me. who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Then will I hear from heaven, and and will and yep. will heal their land. So Trump was a sign of our country's prayers being answered by the Christians. And you 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 might say, well, your Christians are a minority. Probably not as much as you think we are. But even if we are, God is not a minority. And like right. Abraham Lincoln said, I'm not worried about if God's on our side. I'm worried about if I'm on God's side. And that's that's really all that matters. So, we got Trump in office. He was put there by God, without a doubt. And now we've got this Roe versus Wade that Christians have been praying for, even more so recently than in the past, I believe, yes. that we would take steps to get this overturned. And now you see all these states passing laws. Missouri is the next one on the book to do it, I believe. Uh, they may have even already done it. I need to ask my brother about that. You know that these no new laws are going to be challenged in the Supreme Court. And we've had a change in the Supreme Court, some changes over the last few years. So it might be interesting to see if it does, if Roe Ro versus Wade doesn't get overturned within the next five years. Now, let me say this. There's been, it's, social media has been bombarded with post pro and anti this issue. I will say this. I've noticed three of the main arguments uh, for abortion, rape, uh, incest, and, um, oh, there was another one. If the one woman's too. life was in danger. If the women's life was in danger. Thank you. Now, let's take the first two right off the bat. Rape and incest. The numbers of women who get abortion as a product of rape and incest are so low that they shouldn't even be brought into the argument. That's number one. Number two. They don't ever interview a woman who's had an abortion because she's had rape or incest, uh, had, had been raped or, uh, ever do. Matter of fact, there was a woman that came forth. I read her post. I wish I had her name in front of me here recently that has a child through an incestuous rape. And she said, I'm sick and tired of the pro choicers using my case to back up their, their support. She said, I had it, and it was the worst thing that I've ever done in my life. It wasn't a solution for me. It was a solution to hold down the embarrassment of the family so that they could move on with their life. It wasn't in my best interest, and it did not allow me to move on with my life. And the That's whole, right. The whole time, she said, the whole time I was getting this abortion, my family members kept telling me, oh, this is this is the best thing for you. You can move on. You, She said, and every year I think about that. And about when it would be time for my baby's birthday. And, yep. uh, you know, it just, they, so let's not even bring that argument into it. That, that argument is gone. Now let's talk about the other one. The other Actually, one. Actually, I, if, if you don't mind. No, backtrack I, on it. I posted, um, I posted something on, on Facebook. And if it's all right with you, I'll just read what I posted. Absolutely. Um, Go ahead. And it, it, it embraces a few topics, but it speaks directly to the, to the last of those three things. Um, and this is what I, t I posted. I says, I am tired of these trollops 
telling me I don't have the right to an opinion on abortion while they force me to pay for it with my money, labor, and tax dollars, then claiming that they are tired of men forcing their will on their bodies. Well, if that's true, then where is the police report? Seriously, where is the police report? The fact is that 99.9% of all these cases, it's just them dodging responsibility for being tramps. Truth. Deal with it. Uh, then murdering the unborn, wow. forcing society to foot the bill for murder, and suffer the stain on our souls. And as far as the idea of situations where the woman's life is in danger, when you consider how lightning fast a cesarean section can be done these days, I fail to see how this argument even holds water. And, and that was that used to be one where I said, you know what? I, I can understand if the woman's life is in danger. And then I started to realize... Uh, it's almost an impossibility now. It's almost an impossibility that that would even occur because a cesarean section can happen blindingly, stunningly fast. Oh, let me um, back up on one thing you said. You used the word tramps. Um, now, where we come from, tramp means an extremely loose woman with no regard for any morality. I will right. I will say this. That is not the case in all abortion cases. There are women out there who are married, Agreed. monogamous, and they got pregnant. And because of the, the lie that is pandered to them by the liberal left, the Democrats, and the people that even work at Planned Parenthood, they are told that this is a moral decision and they... It, I'll, I'll, it, it's hard because a lot of these people are just misled, and I'm going to use this in the nicest form of the word, ignorant. But you know what? That doesn't make a murder not a murder. Agreed. And and, and I use the word tramp here because there's an, there's another word that uh, begins with an S that we refer to yes. shaming. Yeah. Okay. And I'm I'm trying to be a little bit nice. a little bit of decorum about. Thank this. you, Jim. I appreciate. Uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> um. That we talk about shaming. Right. Uh, that, that women with loose morals are being shamed. Um, newsflash. You ought to be ashamed. The problem is, is they're without shame. And anybody that suggests that they should, that there should be a level of shame for loose morality, all of a sudden we're the problem, which brings me back to my, my, uh, uh, quote here on Facebook. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I said, um, bottom line, I, I get to have an opinion, period, on anything. Anything. Right. Especially when you want me to pay for it. Don't like it? I don't care. Grow some morals and, or do all of us a favor and keep your clothes on. This is not complicated, people, and I'm not having this garbage passed off as somehow moral, acceptable, compassionate, nor the idea that as the benefactor of this diabolical and idiotic situation that I'm somehow expected to keep my mouth shut. That's not how this works, and it never will. As a man, I want you, if you want to hold me as a man responsible for something, that's fine. That's fine. First, I actually do something wrong. Second, then you get to blame me for it. Third, you get to punish me by having me pay the bill to support that innocent child until it turns 18. There's some old school truth for you. Deal with it. Keep your stupid clothes on or pay the piper. <laughs> but stop the murder and stop forcing everyone else to pay for your bad choices. So, Jim, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I guess no, I no, it's okay. No, it's point. how we all feel. No, here, you know, it's talking about. Was I too subtle? Man, I can that's all right. You're good. So, um, but, but but in all honesty, it's really how I feel. No, I understand that. I do, and uh, I will tell you this. I I I'm very passionate about this subject. Some years back, uh, and I I would still do this to this day. Uh, some years back, I was working, and a, a woman was there. She was unmarried, and she thought she had gotten pregnant. And she had made it very clear that her intentions were to go and get a uh, an abortion. I went home, talked to my wife about it, went back to her the next day, and I said, look, if, if you're pregnant, I'm, I'm telling you right now, we will adopt your child if you're willing to carry it through. We, we were set on this. And honestly, I think every every Christian who is capable of doing that should do that if they come across an encounter like that. Otherwise, you're just not putting your money where your mouth is. Do something. Do something. Help them find somebody that will adopt. Um, and the I, thing is, is that there are so many people that want to adopt these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That the, but, the, that the whole the whole mantra that, well, the child's not going to have a proper, you know, standard of living then give the well, child up that's for just hogwash there's opportunities so absolutely let me um uh, so anyway i was getting onto a, a local web a local political watch group type website we have a woman here who's an extreme liberal she's run for many offices from what i understand numerous times her name is denise uh, she's an older woman um so she is constantly posting stuff memes basically arguing with the pro-life movement and uh, one of the things that she said was that uh, there are some women who, for medical reasons, cannot use any form of birth control. And I said, really, why? Well, they're allergic to uh, the things that they're made of, you know, like latex and metals. And, and she said, and also some of them can't take hormones for whatever reason. And I said, oh, really? So what about non-hormal, non-hormonal? Uh, birth control. She said, well, like I said, they're allergic to uh, metals. And la-. I said, no, no, no. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about non-hormonal pills. And sh- she said, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, well, I don't think you do. And she said, well, why don't you talk to some doctors like I have? And I said, well, if you had talked to doctors, then you would know that there are non-hormonal birth control pills. And she said, well, since you brought it up, what are they? Well, I named off two of them for her. One was called the mini pill. I don't remember what the other one was. And she immediately shut down. And she went into, well, take what you will and leave the rest. And then she said, uh, <laughs> then she said, <laughs> you're she, wrong. She said, yeah, yeah. She said, uh, I trust women. I said, that's great. So, um, I'm sure Aileen Warnos, I think it was Arlene Warnos. Would have loved to have known that you trusted her. You know, the biggest serial killer in Florida. Uh, with, you trust women. How many, how many female Nazi guards were there? You can't right. make it. I, do I trust mankind in general? No, I don't. That's why we have a sin nature. That's why we're inherited, inherited that. Um, so that's, it's a crazy argument that I trust women. Um, so one of the things that she did, she put in, uh, some, some scripture. In one of her memes that proved her point that uh, life didn't begin until after birth or till after we started breathing. And one of, one of course was the first uh, verse in Genesis, one of the first verses in Genesis, Genesis where God said he breathed life into Adam and he became a living soul. So what? 
Um, he became a living soul because God took a body that he made. It was dead. And God, until that moment, until that moment, unlike the moment of, of, of conception. Well, and what did God have to say to David about knowing him in his mother's womb? Yeah, exactly. That's what I brought up. How do you, oh, you know, you know what she said to that? Well, she said, you, uh, you, your interpretation of that scripture is wrong. Not everybody uh, uses that translation. Then trans- give me another interpretation. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on. <laughs> this gets good. <laughs> she said, not every translation of the Bible says the same thing. I said, you're right. They don't. I gave her a link to a page that had that verse in every translation of the Bible. And they all said, before I knew you, before you were in the belly, and I anointed you. They all said the exact same thing. The word anointed might be different. The word no might be different, but they all said the exact same. And then all she, of them recognizing it as a living, yes, as a living person. Yes, absolutely. And, and then I pointed out, you know, breathing is the act of getting oxygen into our body to sustain our life. And of course, babies don't breathe like we do, but they do get oxygen. That is an undisputed scientific fact. Right. So. Uh, just and then she keeps going on back and back to this. I trust women. I trust women. And her thing is, you're just not going to. Ch- I know I'm not going to change your mind, but I'm going to do everything I can. Who's on the brink of possibly going to get an abortion? Who's getting online and doing searches to find out? Am I making the right choice? I'm not going to let you sit there and spout off your lies on Facebook without posting something that somebody else could read. They go, oh, oh, I, I hadn't thought of that. He might be. He might have something there. Let me get into the Bible and see exactly what this says. Well, and here's here's a thought, and this is just a general principle and decision making in general. Uh, I had somebody somebody wise tell me, trust the nose. Uh, I'm sorry, trust the nose and doubt the yeses. Yeah. Okay. So when you consider that an abortion stops a beating heart, just in a general decision making way. Why don't you defer to trusting the no, let's not do this. And if somebody is saying, yeah, just go ahead and do it, why don't you doubt that? This is this is a general principle of decision-making uh, just across the board. Trust the no's and doubt the yeses. Because some of these things are stuff that you can never take back, just like uh, just like uh, the example that you cited with... Uh, with regards to the, the, the young lady that was talked into having an abortion on the basis of incest. Right. And then comes to the point, this was never about me. Yep. This is about the family's level of shame. Well, you know what? Again, maybe the family ought to be shamed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I no argument here, but I, you know, I, here's the thing. It, let's say an individual. Now, this, this lady that I was talking to, this former politician, she claims to be a member of a local church in town, uh, a denomination I am not familiar which, with, which is neither here nor there. But let's say she does believe in a God. She does believe in an eternity. She believes some of Scripture, maybe part of it, maybe none of it, whatever. But let's just go on the basis that she believes that there is a God. If you're supporting abortion, and if there is a God, and murder is a heinous sin which it is, and abortion is murder, why on earth would you want to question or even stand anywhere close to that position if there is even a slight possibility that you'll have to stand before God and answer for it? Why would you want to correlate yourself with that? Right. 
your 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 eternity depends on one thing one thing and that's accepting Christ as your savior but and after that we're a new creature but if you are supporting abortion my friend you are not one of those new creatures you are not so get your heart right for one thing find out what god says about it again going back to following his rules and guidelines with faith faith unquestionably uh and it's okay to like you said question in love and understanding but don't put yourself in a position where you got to stand before god i i don't know about you jim but i've i've been taught that there are levels of hell for different people i believe that god I, I, yeah there's i mean if there's a just and fair god there would have to be you would think so but honestly honestly i would i wouldn't want to be in the lowest level of hell much less any more than i'd want to be in the the hottest level of hell Right. It, it, to me, it's all the same. Thank God I'm not going there. Well, and, you know, the scripture makes it very, very, very clear. Um, you know, if it, Jesus talks about the last days and that, that the... And we're there. Uh, and, the, and we know that we're there. Uh, lots of reasons, maybe another show, but um, we know that we're, we're functioning in the last days, but it says that, that offenses must come. But if anyone offends one of these little ones... Yep. It's better. It were, and this is Jesus speaking. This is red right. ink, people. Um, it, uh, if it was better for them that a millstone were hanged about their neck and they were cast into the depths of the sea than that they should offend one of these little ones. And what he's saying there is, is that it would be better if somebody just did you in, give you some, a, a pair of cement galoshes and dumped <laughs> you in the ocean than to give you the opportunity to do one of these things. Cause by the time, a loving God, right? Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, right? Yep. By the time a loving God gets a hold of somebody that's offended one of these little ones, yes, Jesus was not subtle about what he had to say. He said that it would be better for them that a millstone were hanged about their neck and they were cast into the depths of the sea. Now, I want um, you know, I want to I want to add this too, and I want to end this. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a woman who was caught up in the lies, you were misled, or maybe even for selfish reasons, you went in and had an abortion. God loves you. He will forgive you. You just have to ask him to. But you know what? Before you repent of one sin in your life, make sure that you repent of all of them accumulatively, acknowledge that you're a sinner, and accept Christ as your Savior. That's right. And you know what? And that covers it all right there. And, right and, there. And, that covers it all. And to take this out of the theoretical and into the practical, I know, I personally know women that under, under duress and under various circumstances, they've been coerced into abortions. Yep. That they later regretted. And there is forgiveness. There's restoration. We're not being unkind. We're not being unloving. But to shield people from the truth that will keep them out of these circumstances. Right. Um, I mean, this is a fight I picked up inside of my own family. Um, if it, uh, I, I posted posted some anti-abortion stuff a while back and said, I wonder, I wonder uh, how many of my friends will be more offended by these pictures than they will be by the practice. And I had major oh, wow. fights. There are members of my own family that we are no longer on speaking terms because of that. 
And you know what? When I talked about and, and they, why, yeah, and they weren't even for abortion, but they were more offended by the pictures than they were by the I practice, know. and and they couldn't make a difference. This is such a radical departure from reality. Too bad. Too bad. It, well, and that's where I'm at. You know, because this is a matter of principle. We don't waffle on principle. I remember uh, reading that one of the generals, I can't I remember if it was uh, Eisenhower or whoever, after World War II, when they went into the uh, uh, concentration camps and saw the bodies of the the Jewish people that had been murdered by by the thousands, one of the first things he did, he did several things, but one of the first things he did was bring in photographers so the world could be shown this monstrosity of a right. crime. Um, but And, and I'll, I'll go back to what we said. A- again, if you've been misled, lied to, Whatever, uh, we we don't have unkindness for you, but as as in general and overall, the people that promote this yes. heinous, immoral crime, we we've got no room for kindness for you. I'm, I'm, I mean, outside, we, it doesn't mean we don't outside love you. Of repentant, outside yeah. of repentance, but you've got to, we've got to come to a place in this country where this stop. It never should have even started, but it did. And again, that can go back. There's there's some YouTube's on uh, uh, videos online that talk about uh, how this was started because of a homosexual agenda. And there's there is actually some evidence to, that Roe versus Wade was part of a homosexual agenda. Now, if you want to find out more about that, just search that up yourself. Well, one of these uh, days, but, I, I'd like to I'd like to hear a little bit more about this. Yeah, certainly. I, well, Jim, I can send you a link to something later on, and okay. I might even post it later in one of the future shows. Sure, but. You know, there, I, the individual that has suffered because of this, I've got nothing but love and grace and kindness and prayers for them and tears. Absolutely. But for the Planned Parenthood as, as a, a group, I've got nothing for you but every desire to stop. I remember when my wife and I came out of that movie, uh, unplanned, I had one thought in my mind. What can I do? What can I do more? How can I become a soldier in this fight? And I'm still questioning myself with that. Um, one of the things that I can do about it right now is just uh, become a keyboard warrior. <laughs> I know people make jokes about that. That's one of but the you things. You do what you can where you, you can. You do what you can where you can. Uh, this podcast, we've dedicated most of this podcast, and we've done. I might add, we've done it unintentionally. I was gonna. I was gonna point that out. This was not a planned thing. It was the not the conversation that you folks are hearing. This is organic. This was not planned. This is just Jason and I sit down and what you we're know. We're both the, the passionate about up. this, as every yeah. Christian should be. If you're not passionate about this as a Christian, you might want to check your thermometer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I the thought came to mind the other day that people who have no desire to care for or protect the unborn, they have a moral compass with a broken magnet. And they need to get that fixed. You know, my brother, got, I'll just add this, my brother, uh, somebody tagged him in a post, of a liberal, it said, Paul Kurtman, because he had posted some things about this, should involuntarily have his lungs and his heart ripped out, and while they're at it, take his liver too. And this was all over this abortion thing. This is somebody... I saw that. Yeah, unbelievable. What is wrong? Yeah, the, some, not all, but some of the liberal people that are posting things, they've gone, they've just gone to seed with their way of thinking, their mentality. There's no morality to them whatsoever. Their compass magnet is broke. And you know what? Those people have no, 
honestly, in my opinion, I they have a legal right to vote, but morally they shouldn't be allowed within 200 feet of a voting booth because they don't have any any knowledge of what's best for this country. Um, do I? Am I? I'm not saying we should withhold their right to vote at all. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying, before you go to the polls, you better make sure you're educated on everything you're voting for. And honestly, I have one rule of thumb. I I, I try to study the candidates and everything that I vote for. When it comes to uh, when I flip it over and I vote on tax bills and everything like this, I have a general rule of thumb. I read through it, even if I've never read through it before, while I'm in the booth. And if it's a right. tax, I vote no. Very rarely do I vote yes on a new tax. I vote no because we're taxed enough already. Uh, that's where right. the, that's where the word tea comes from in in Tea Party. Taxed enough already. But actually, I saw that posting of your brother's and I commented on that. I think I saw that. I don't remember what you said. Yeah, I said um, people who advocate violence upon the innocent have lost their right to speak to me of morality. Yeah, they have become a self-canceling equation in every conceivable category of thought. They have become comic book villains in real life. There is no rational reason to speak with those whose only spoken language is violence, unless anyone stupidly connect the religious advocacy of capital punishment with this topic. The difference between court-established guilt and innocence is the groundwork of law in a civilized society. Learn it or leave it. We suffer no villains. Yeah, a good way to put it. Tell me how you really feel, Jim. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, absolutely. And uh, Come on, admit it. That's why you keep me around. <laughs> absolutely. It, it's very passionate for me, and it should be for every Christian. Um, because the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Yep. Now, we understand we're in the last days, and that there are some things that we are not going to change. But we are going to be responsible if we don't try. Again, yes. standing before the throne of God. And God says, what did you do? What did you do? Well, Lord, I knew you were coming back, and I knew this wasn't going to change anyway, so I just, you know. No, not good enough. What happened? Remember the the, the talents the, the king gave his men th Thank three you. Yep, talents, and the one hid them because he didn't want anything to happen to him because he knew the king would be mad, and the king was mad because he didn't invest them. And uh, that's what you need to do right now is invest your time, invest your thoughts. More importantly than all of that, invest your prayers into this cause right now. I would dearly love to see Roe versus Wade completely overturned. The Bible says that we are called to be salt and light. Yeah. Salt, light is that which makes manifest. It shows where the, where the cockroaches are hiding. And salt yeah. is that which cleanses. And... um the Bible goes on to say that if the salt hath lost its savor, it is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. If 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 you're not ex active in, in in exposing and 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 cleansing, engaging in battle with evil in this world, then Jesus says that your that 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 your whole point for being on this earth as a believer, you're not engaging. Yep. yep. You're not engaging what you're here for. Um and and we understand this that the Holy Spirit as a restraining unit a restraining factor upon evil in this world functions through the church through the individual Christian. And if you're not engaging in that capacity, then how can you say you're doing your job as a Christian? Jim, we we really do need to leave it at that. We're out of time. 
but it's been a great conversation. I hope some people will listen to this and take some things to heart and understand that everything was said in love and in yes. compassion, just as much as it was said in passion. Um, you've been listening to the Biscuits and Gravy Show. I'm Jason Kurtman. I'd like to remind you a couple things. Do a good deed this week for somebody that needs it. And also, remember that friendship is a wise investment. Do a little investing today. Jim? Please, folks, keep your Amber Alerts on. The life you save may be someone that you know and love. It could be me. It could be you. Good night. (laughs) Good night. Good night.